welcome to Life Pairings, where two Canadian alcohol connoisseurs mix life events and libations. Hello, I'm Carla Richards. And I'm Brittany Lysing. And this, this is Life, life Pairings. pairings. <laughs> because life is hard. So pair with alcohol. Get your teddy bears out. Mix up some potato salad, or get that huge one from Costco, and keep the ants off your blanket as today's life pairing is picnics with gin and tonics. We're discussing cherry blossoms, plenty of fish, and malaria. Woo! Malaria! (laughs) (laughs) I know, I was like, that took a turn. Yeah, a little dark. That's okay. Got a little dark ski. Hey, what do uh, picnics mean to you? So they, I don't haven't been on one in a while, but we used to do them in the UK all the time because nobody in England has a backyard or a patio. So right. you just go to the local park and you have your little drinks and charcuterie and sandwiches and yeah, it's really fun. Yeah, picnics are kind of like mini camping to me. And I feel like they're funner if you're, like, plan a day. Like, I know when we were kids, we'd go on picnics all the time. Like, my mom would, like, plan a little bit of a picnic, and we'd go down to Fish Creek Park, which is in Calgary. Nice. It was almost like a kind of like a little mini getaway into the park, and, and you could eat outside and have hot dogs or whatever. And, and you know, as you get older, you make it a little fancier. But, mm-hmm. it's uh, yeah, it's like a little mini getaway. The yeah, picnic. it is. And now that the coronavirus has hit... Mm. A even better idea to eat outside and and be with friends and stuff like that. Absolutely, find the local park or find the city that has a park that you're allowed to drink in. Because <laughs> yeah. don't do it in Vancouver because they'll just find you. Because yo, I heard that. I hope I heard that most cities in Canada are kind of waving that drinking in public thing. They're like, fine, do it, whatever. Yeah, except for Vancouver, where they're like doubling down. I mean, that's are the only really? thing. Yeah, that's, that's the only thing that Vancouver police do. They don't. You know, they don't, they don't, they don't. There's no other crimes in Vancouver except for drinking a beer in the park or on the drinking beach. Drinking a beer outside. That always, uh, I mean, I always found that odd is like the drinking in public thing. Like, I, I guess people are like, uh, can get out of hand and get unruly and stuff. People in groups drunk is never good. Right. But I always just think it's funny when they're, they're just like, you drink in a fenced area that belongs to you. <laughs> or like yeah. even, you know, a lot of cities like in Vegas, you're allowed to just like drink oh, beers and walk down the street. Love it. Yeah. Because the funny thing, hey, here's a fun fact, you numbskulls, is that uh, if you drink a beer and then leave a place, you're just as drunk as if you would drink it outside <laughs> the place. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know how they're doing this. But I always laugh. Like, any sort of, like, corralled drinking, I'm always like, oh, my God. Like, sometimes you go to a concert and they're like, you actually can't drink inside the venue, but you can drink in this little fenced off area. <laughs> You're like, how am I going to watch the concert? <laughs> it's like an imaginary little, this is where you keep the drinking aspect and the actions. And out here is the good, clean, fun part. Yeah, they're like, do you enjoy punk music without booze? <laughs> no, I don't. I so like, do. As the no. listeners of this podcast know, <laughs> you are not going to, we don't enjoy anything without booze. That is very true, actually. Yeah. <laughs> That's the whole reason for us starting this. So you'll find out. Don't <laughs> quarantine our drinking, okay? No. no. We, we have enough quarantining. Yeah. <laughs> you can quarantine our mouths, but you can't quarantine <laughs> our livers. <laughs> so, yeah. I, but in Calgary, actually, I think you can drink in the parks right now. Oh, that's exciting. Don't, 
don't quote me on that. And then today I was that. <laughs> yeah, if you're arrested, please do not quote this podcast. I um I didn't know you, this is really dumb, but um I really didn't know that you can drink in public. Like I just <laughs> my parents always just were like making Caesars at the beach, so I just like didn't think twice about it. I was like I didn't think it was like a rule. I thought if you just like had a beer in public, it wasn't the end of the world. Yeah. So I had some friends in from Scotland. Uh and me and a friend of the podcast, you know her, you love her, Luna Newman, were okay. on a train. And I told her and her Scottish cousin that you can, I'm like, I'll just bring beers for the train. Right. So we could pre-drink on the way to the venue. Yeah. And then the guy was like, the, there was like a cop on the train. Right. And he was like, what do you got there? And I was like, it's cold 45. <laughs> like, I was like, I was like, what's it to you? He wasn't in uniform either and then he like pulled it pulled his badge out yeah he's oh, like a, like a sneaky copper yeah yeah so he pulled his badge no. out and he was just like can get off the train and i was like you get off the train <laughs> he's like you can't drink in public you gotta pour that out yeah and then we all got tickets for drinking in public oh. so that was a hard lesson learned yeah yeah because yeah, in the uk you can drink on the train yeah i like <laughs> that and that's so our our scottish friend was like yeah this is totally fine we can. I remember the first time I felt very awkward doing it. You can't anymore drink on the tube, like the underground bus train. The underground bus. Train. bus. It makes uh, frequent underground stops. <laughs> um, but they only figured out that that was changing, like while I was there. So they just had a bunch of people on the tube when they found out that they were going to stop allowing people drinking on the tube. Um, they just had like people having these like massive parties on the train <laughs> as like a, a last ditch effort to be drinking on this on the tube. Yo, that's so funny. Actually, that's the yeah. kind of now that's the kind of camaraderie I can get on board with. Exactly. It's just like let's have a last minute tube party and just fire off a few cocktails, <laughs> and just the cops being like, oh, "This is not not what we wanted." And they're like, "Well, yeah, exactly. can you let us know then?" Yeah, exactly. But uh, picnics, yeah, I don't know. If you're in Calgary, have a cocktail. If you're in Vancouver, put a sneaky, um, uh, put it in a thermos, I guess. I looked into the uh, psychology of picnics, Carla. Oh, okay. Yeah, very, picnics, once again, in the good category. And we promised you last week that we're going to start getting naughty. <laughs> but you know what? Yeah. We couldn't at the time because this was our plan and we, we do not deviate from our plans. So get get on it or get off it. We'll do bad one maybe next week. I think we have a bad one in the in the can. Yeah, we got a bad one in the can. <laughs> <laughs> but this one good. Picnics are great for uh, family bonding. Going on picnics allow you to focus Aww. on your kids without distractions. If you've got kids, it's a great place to take them. They're a perfect opportunity to make your kids feel loved and heard. Right, because you're out in public and you can't scream at them. Yeah, also, you're and they're for all other just... family members. Also, just, like, kids, like, you know, like, certainly when I was a child growing up, you weren't allowed to, like, dance around and be an asshole in public spaces. But, like, if you go outside for some reason, they're just like, yeah, scream. Scream your brains out. (laughs) It's just like a Roll down the hill and scream. Yeah, roll down the hill. All right, just poke somebody in the eye. Just stay away from us for ten minutes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's just like, uh, it's it's a great little fa- family bonding if you want to take your kids or just, you know, friends and stuff like that. It's a lot of fun to go outside and, and you can be loud outside. You can mm-hmm. yell and holler and stuff. You're not bugging your neighbor. It improves your mental health. The fresh air does wonders for your mental health. Spreading t- spending time outside shows reduced levels of anxiety and lower levels of activity in the parts of our brains re- related to mental illness. Huh. 
and also time in the sunshine is related to improving your mood and reduce stress levels for the whole family. Physical health pluses. Time outside benefits our physical health. Breathing in fresh air is a beneficial for even some, some people with respiratory problems. It's great to, to get outside if you're a person with asthma. Like that fresh air is amazing for you. Uh, the mm-hmm. sun adds mm-hmm. a little vitamin D in your life and calcium, good for calcium absorption. Uh, which helps build strong bones, teeth, and prevents uh, diseases like osteoporosis and rickets, it says. Oh, about... that went back again. Yeah, you don't hear a ton about rickets <laughs> these days. It's I like feel... a Victorian thing. I... You know what? We're going backwards in the world, so it's fine. I Yo, you understand. can get coronavirus insight and rickets Ricky now. Outside. Yeah, polio and rickets. Oh. This study is from 1902, I should have mentioned. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> hey, get outside. It really improves the chances of you not getting rickets. Uh, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, it, there's a lot of good thing. A lot of time for self-reflection, getting outside, uh, spending time in uh, peaceful environments. Uh, encourage these introspective behaviors. It's important to give yourself time to be alone and learn about yourself, uh, which can be easily done when you're on a picnic. You're outside. You're eating. You're appreciating nature. You're with your friends or your family. Uh, they're good. Oh, well, yeah. I really want to go for a picnic now. Well, I know. It's nice. And then it's also yeah. just like, it's fun to like uh, explore. You know, I feel like if you're on a picnic, sometimes if you're being fancy about it, you're like, I brought a new fun picnic treat. And they're like, you know, mm-hmm. you're exploring new foods. And yeah, if you want to get a little boozy, you can do that too. Yeah, of course you should get boozy. That's Always get boozy. <laughs> Is there, what's what's the history of picnics, Carla? Well, they've been going around for quite a while. You would say that, that eating outside was the original way of eating. <laughs> you could say that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I did a little deep dive into the Hanami parties, which is a Japanese tradition of picnicking under a pink cherry blossom or a sakura from March to mid-April. Have uh, you seen the cherry blossoms before? Oh, we've got them everywhere here in Vancouver, so Gorgeous. they're very pretty, very, very pretty. Sounds very fun. Tell me more about it. All right. So Haname means basically the enjoyment of the beauty of flowers. So it's kind of just about going outside and, and enjoying those cherry blossoms. Back in, this is back in 800, long in time eight- ago. <laughs> <laughs> I do love when something's like before 1000. Yeah. I know. This was back in the year seven. <laughs> People loved cherry blossoms and eating charcuterie in the year seven. Yeah. Well, we knew that. Charcuterie, obviously. <laughs> so Emperor uh, Saga of the Heian period. By the way, I'm going to mess up all of the pronunciations. I did look them up, but I'm going to mess them up anyways. Um, he would hold these flower viewing parties for his imperial court. And he would serve sake and, you know, lots of foods. So this was sort of circa around 809 to 823. Okay. And the cherry blossoms are revered in Japan as representing the goddess, which is the garden guardian deity of Mount Fuji. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, the Haname is mostly for the upper class, the aristocracy, part the people in the imperial court. Um, but... In the 1500s, the samurai were raised to be on par with people in the imperial court, and there's often a lot of paintings of samurai enjoying this hanami with 
people of the other aristocracy. Who? Uh, when the Edo period started, so that's in about 1603 to 1868, this spread to the common people. So one of the uh, shoguns, Tokugawa Yoshimuna, uh, of the 18th century, he even planted cherry trees to encourage people to go and experience this Haname, and um, he sort of saw it as a more moral and good thing for the commoners to be doing, rather than the kabuki, which I don't know if you've ever seen. I have not seen the kabuki. It's that it's a, like a, a dance drama, and they have big costumes. You would sort of recognize it if you saw it. And that was seen as, you know, being a little morally questionable. <laughs> so instead, you should sit outside, stare at some Cherry trees. Blossoms. It was yeah, a little more cherry. wholesome. Yeah, exactly. I mean, still, most of the, you know, the, the best groves would be behind palace walls. Yeah. But, you know, it was in public areas. And one of, so there's, there's uh, the daytime uh, viewing. And then there's something called the nighttime Sakura viewing which is thought to have arose from the red light district in Yoshiwara oh. as the streets were lined with cherry blossoms. Now, red light district, yeah. that's where you go to your brothels. Well, I, I thought so. So the men would go to the brothels and the women could then enjoy the flowers on the street <laughs> outside. They're like, listen, bitches, we bang and look at the yeah. flowers and shushy your mouthy. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So that's that was that kind of that was the history of that. Um, so now it's it's very popular in more modern times. You bring snacks, bento yep. boxes usually, drinks, uh, sake obviously, beer um, also Ooh. is very popular. And many breweries make like a decorated seasonal can. Ooh. Asahi is the most popular drink. What is asahi? Green. It's like in a silver can, and the A. Really <laughs> you would rec- next time you're in the liquor store it's in the okay so that's yeah. a, that's the most popular drink to bring out to the to the that's a, yeah or mo- most popular beer i guess the, the sahi I, beer i'm looking at the um the kombuki masks a little scary yes. i i yes. know i know what it is now but it is a little i it's this sort of it's kind of like a frightening dance yeah so i guess <laughs> It was better to go sit outside. They're like, hey, you just go out there. No more scary mask time. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we like scary mask time. And they're like, <laughs> just bring some beer and shut it. Yeah. And they're like, by the way, you can go to the nighttime one by the, the whores. Yeah. The- <laughs> we'll, listen, we'll trade you whores for masks. And they're like, <laughs> the guys were like, done. Yeah. The women are like, cut. Damn it. The guys are like, they're like, oh, the classic battle of horror versus mask. <laughs> <laughs> uh, once again. <laughs> We've been defeated yet again. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Well, that's pretty interesting. That's, um, yeah. Uh, it's it's neat to see where things come from and stuff like that. And it sounds like a pretty fun festival to be a part of or, or a tradition to be a part of. Too. Yeah. It's, apparently, it's so popular that in a lot of places, you actually have to pre book your spot, your picnic spot. Oh. Well, that yeah. sounds nice. I feel like you guys, please send money to <laughs> <laughs> at lifepairings podcast at gmail.com and send us money so we can go to Japan yeah. for this festival next year. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're there. allowed to go outside. Yeah. As soon as, guys, as soon as the vaccine comes, 
send us money via my personal email dot com. I will set up a link. I'll, I'm going to create my own GoFundMe. <laughs> we are uh, we're working on some some stuff behind the scenes here for for actual. Oh yeah, we promotional things. Yeah, potentially we we might yeah. be setting up a Patreon. Is that I mean yes, privilege, yes. privileged information. That that That's was what, what I was doing. Yeah, no, we're setting I think up. We a, can tell that. Yeah, we haven't launched yet. We're working, but we're working on, on, it. on Once it. Once we have extra stuff to give you, we're all yours. For right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Send money to <laughs> carlinbrittany.com. <laughs> carlinbrittany, go to japan.com. Yeah. Do you want to take us into the modern era? Yeah. Oh, boy, do I ever. Let's get on that uh, boozy tube. And uh, next stop, modern day. We're going from 800 all the way to <laughs> 845. No. Uh, we're... <laughs> This seems uh, this seems uh, like it had happened in the last year. Here, I, instead of a new story, I found a really funny dating story yeah. uh, from like a link on Reddit, and yeah. then it linked me into uh, uh, this really funny uh, thing from Band City Magazine, and it was this mm-hmm. girl who she writes a relationship column, and I couldn't find her name, but I'm gonna read her story because it's pretty funny. Um, and this was a picnic date that she went on, just sort of being like, "Oh, okay, this seems like a pretty chill thing to do." And uh, yeah, she, so she, this is how she starts. We went, we met on Plenty of Fish and on, it was a sunny day in June. And he asked me if, if I would meet him at the beach for a picnic around 5 p.m. I was already impressed. A picnic. It sounded lovely. So I applied my makeup and picked out an outfit. I uh, genuinely assumed that this time it wouldn't go terribly wrong. <laughs> when they arrived at the beach, uh, I went in for a friend hug and took a seat on a blanket. He had prepared an abundance of cheese, grapes, apples, wine, and chocolate. This oh was goodness. not his first picnic. <laughs> <laughs> I love this bitch. Uh, we discussed online dating like most men do. He asked for advice. Normally, I don't do this on dates, but I've come to terms with the facts that some of them consider a date with me a free therapy session. Because so, she writes a lot of articles. And uh, talks right. about relationships and dating. Yeah. Um, so he told her all about that kind of stuff. I'll sort of uh, zoom through this, and uh, and uh, she he he talked about his you know kind of crappy crappy things that had happened to him on dates, and uh, he he had actually when he invited her he was really nice. He was like, "Hi, my name is whatever. We'll call him Jordan. Uh, okay. I'm contacting you to tell you that I'm a fan of your writing. I've read your pieces on Van City Buzz. So she's a writer for Van City Buzz, right. and I like your outlook and your attitude." So she was like excited. She was like, "Hey, this guy's like reads my writing." Yeah. He's, like, and then she got there, and he was like a nice, kind of like cool looking dude, and he set up this whole picnic and everything like that, and he seemed super nice. And uh, yeah, she was all pumped up about it. She's like, "Holy smoke, this seemed like it would go weird to like meet somebody in the woods right. or like, <laughs> and then like go to a beach and sit there and like have a picnic." But it was like it was amazing. Um, and then halfway through the date, uh, after she had eaten and everything like that, he took out a big ball of tin foil, uh huh, and like chucked it on the blank. And he's like, "What do you think of that?" And she was like, "It's tin foil." And he's like, "No." <laughs> and he opened it up, and it was just like, uh, like seven ounces of mushrooms. No. You know what? That was better. I thought it was gonna be heroin. So I see. I did too. Like halfway through reading it, I was like, "Oh no, he's gonna pull out crack." <laughs> I, like you can tell, I I don't know how crack comes. Um, 
I assume it's tinfoil. Yeah, I assume uh, that's how you get heroin, too. <laughs> everything, <laughs> listen, if anybody pulls out a ball of tinfoil, you just say no thank you, even if it's their grandmother's <laughs> muffins. You go, that's how drugs come, so don't wrap yeah. it in tinfoil anymore. No. Um, yeah, so she he pulls out this big ball of tinfoil, and then uh, she he goes, uh, yeah, uh, I just do these every day, so Whoa. I thought you might be super into it. And she was like, it's just like Wednesday at noon. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I do them every day. So, like, it doesn't, that doesn't, she, she's like, oh, no, thank you. But he was, like, such a funny, nice, inter- interesting guy that she just stayed there. Right. And he just got high as fuck on these mushrooms. Oh. Yeah, he, he talked about the, the water and the colors for a while. And then he just was like, thanks for an awesome day. And then he just rode off into the sunset like a hipster. Oh um, and she said she never saw him again. But then she was like, she was so torn. She was like, this has actually been a wonderful experience. But just like, don't bring drugs to a first date picnic. No. Hey, if you go on a date with a stranger in a park and they pull out tinfoil, tell them bye. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think I might be... It's weird, the tinfoil thing. Like, if it was in a plastic bag, which is how I assume all mushrooms come. Um, <laughs> again, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a drinker, not a not a mushroomer, whatever. I'm a drinker, uh, not a stinker. <laughs> um, but in the tinfoil, it just feels very, like he didn't have a plastic bag or, like, some kind of... I mean, we live in a very drug-friendly world now. There's got to be, like, a accoutrements and like a nice bag what are you doing with the tent you just look like a homeless person (laughs) also just like i can't imagine this coming out of anything but a tweed backpack (laughs) right like this guy was in parachute pants oh he'd get the the like he had a lots of bracelets yeah man absolutely he did not have shoes which didn't make sense (laughs) i'm sure she showed up and she was like hey like this guy doesn't have a shoe or shirt. Right. And he has drugs. So certainly no service. No shoes, no, no shirts, and drugs, no service. Nope. nope, nope. Not for you. I will not be giving you a hand job in the park, <laughs> sir. <laughs> you have frightened me with your drug addiction. <laughs> well, he um, seemed to have a good time, so that's good. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, so that's my news. That was my news modern day uh, take on the picnic. Oh, Things are happening good. on picnics. Be careful out there, ladies. Yeah. Uh, know where you're going keep a tin of mace do not go to a second location yeah don't i have a good friend in comedy that always says never leave or never go to point b (laughs) always stay at point a yeah don't don't go to a secondary location she always says she was like and i've gone to a lot of point b's and the problem is lots of fun at point b (laughs) 70% of the time point b is super fun because point a is for narcs yeah yeah. But also, 40% of the time, ugh, murder. <laughs> <laughs> so if you can help it, I mean, if you're not, if you don't have FOMO, then you just go straight to bed, you call your mother and wake up nice and safe in the morning. <laughs> yeah, or just phone your mother and tell her you're going to a second location. Get hey, the address. You know, yeah, you know what? Just phone your mother because, <laughs> God, they're hardworking bees. Hey, you guys, this is Life Pairings. We pair... A life event with uh, an alcohol. And this week, Carla, what mm. have we chosen? Gin and tonic. G-N-T's. Just, just as simple. G-N-T's. G-N-T's. Uh, G-N-T's. It's very simple, 
very good. Yo, so gin and tonic, pretty easy recipe to make. Get yourself a bottle of gin. Doesn't matter. Go to the store to get some beef eater. Get some. Uh, I got that blue bottle. I can't remember what that's called. Oh. I actually, um, friend of the, well, he's not friend of the podcast. He's a friend of ours. Um, Federico <laughs> brought me that aviation gin that Ryan Reynolds does. Oh, I didn't know about this. Yeah, so I'm drinking that. Well, ooh, so Carlos stepped it up a notch in the gin department. I'm <laughs> Mostly because drink- someone brought me gin. I called my mother and father and said, next time you go to Costco, get me a big old dirty bottle of gin. Nice. So um, that's what I'm drinking. And then tonic. And then I got all fancy dancy and cut myself up some uh, lime or lemon wedges. Oh, lemon. Controversial. Controversial to the lime. Controversial. Did you put lime in yours? I would have, and usually I like mine with a lot of lime, but I discovered today that all of my limes have been growing things. Oh, okay. White things. (laughs) No, fruit fruit only grows once. If the plant grows the lime, the lime doesn't need to grow anything extra. But you know so, what? So needed to fix them up. So I actually had to put in lime juice, like a oh, like a bartender's lime. Or, yeah. yeah. You know what? And people may not like me for this. I don't really love lime. Mm-hmm. I like lemon. I put anytime it calls for lime in something, I often put lemon. But don't you put lime in your Caesar? No, lemon. What? What? Some people put lime. sneaking lemons into my pizza. Dude, I don't care for <laughs> they can, You know what? I don't like a green fruit. That's not true. I just don't care for... I, I don't mind limes. Like, certainly I'm not going to yeah. be like, hey, no lime in my life. But it's just right. like, if there's a lemon option, I'm certainly going to go lemon. I mean, it's a citrus, so I think that's kind of to, to take over the uh, the tonic. Right yeah. to take over the bitterness. So well, I'm you know what sure that would. I guess you know what I never thought I liked tonic and or I I've recently come back onto the gin, which I've started mm-hmm. really enjoying. Because if you don't know this, gin pretty much vodka with juniper. Oh, it's really similar. It's it's made the same way, and then uh, it's just like literally one extra thing in there. Right. So I've really uh, come to enjoy uh, gin. But I like a gin and tonic, and uh, yeah, it was uh, that's how I made mine. I put a little, I put two ounces of gin and ice, lemon, and tonic. You went lime, yeah. Went lime. I would say fresh lime, but you know what? The fake plastic cup lime that you get, you know, in the grocery store, it's all right. It's working. You I, know what? I would prefer. I'm not unhappy. I will say this in favor of the lime. I prefer the bartender's lime to the bartender's lemon. I don't mm. care for the lemon juice. I don't feel like it's mm-hmm. as yummy as the, uh, or as close to uh, real tasting lime. like a lemon. Yeah, tasting like yeah. a lemon. I think the lime juice is is more so uh, that. Yeah, but uh, first, uh, so the actual gin and tonic first created in Holland in the 17th century as a form of medicine. Holland. Yeah. Oh. So get a load of this, Carla. It's called, <laughs> it was called Geneever. And fun Ooh. fact alert, that's Dutch word for juniper. It oh, would, uh, that's, this is now Carla learns a new a word. Sub- as a submission to Carla learns a new word. Carla learns a new word. Uh, it, so it, it's, yeah, it's the Dutch word for juniper and was very different to the usually clear juniper forward spirit we've come to know and love as gin today. So it, like when it was first created, it was, yeah, a little different. Okay. 
Um, yeah, so the uh, the Dutch era or how the Brits discovered gin. See, it was like everybody associates the British with gin, but it was actually the British discovered gin from the Dutch. Mm-hmm. Well, they just did their thing where they steal it from somebody else. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. That's very British. That's very British. They're just like, what's this, Canada? It's ours now. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. In the 17th century, so in the 17th century, juniper, along with botanicals such as star, uh, star anise or star of anise, and coriander seed, was believed to have medical properties and was distilled with malt spirit to create Geneva. By the middle of the century, gin was huge, with some 400 distilleries in Amsterdam alone. Wow. So, like, people started believing that like juniper and star anise was really good for you. And right. uh, they in, they infused their uh, they infused their booze with it and started calling it gin, and then it was just like everything was like everybody was making it. Four hundred distilleries in Amsterdam alone. Yeah, so during the Thirty Years' War, British soldiers fighting on Dutch land discovered Geneva. Yeah. Yeah. And fun fact number two: it was nicknamed Dutch Courage because of the fearless Dutch army had all gin rations they could drink before they were going to battle. So. Oh, that's nice for them. <laughs> so, like, the Dutch soldiers <laughs> would just get all fired up on gin and go to battle. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Or that's rather, good. yeah, or rather the the uh, British soldiers on Dutch uh, land. So, they and then, so they brought it back to England. They were just like, and then, yeah, it's the very British thing of just like, look what mm-hmm. we invented while we were gone. <laughs> and everyone was like, you invented it? <laughs> oh, by God, by glory. Yep. So if we skip forward in the old uh, gin history, uh, uh, past the old Tom, Dick, or Harry making gin in their bathtub and flavoring it with turpentine area, because that's what they were doing. Like, it was literally like just people being like, what do you think of this? Isn't turpentine um, poisonous? So yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> but it's kind of like of the thing of like people like making batches of anything in their bathtub. Right. It potentially it's, is poisonous. Hey, guys, don't let anybody give you anything from their bathtub or their toilet or or their toilet tank or <laughs> wrapped in tinfoil <laughs> they passed through the gin craze which coined the term mother's ruin in the oh. mid 18th century so that's what they were calling gin is mother's ruin right because wasn't weren't a lot of like a lot a lot of people were drinking a lot a lot of gin back then i think yo it was like the main thing that was the thing that was most accessible well and i guess you know not those aren't great times especially if you're living like in london or somewhere you want to be drunk all the time that's i think that's perfectly acceptable yeah well they started uh they started uh putting in a major axe to restrict the production of poor quality gin um in sort of like 19 or 1857 when the british took govern governance in india the brits headed for warmer climates in droves and they used bitter tasting quinine extracted from the chinchorna bark to ward off malaria so that's when that's where the quinine started coming into effect so people were drinking gin but then they started mixing it with what would become tonic uh, and originally was quinine so it was made into a tonic by dissolving in water and adding sugar to sweeten it just a little bit so they decided that that tasted pretty good so that's how the actual gin and tonic came to be Mm. so they thought it would ward off um, malaria the quinine inside the tonic right which to be fair i don't think well i don't know tonic on its own not a big fan you put gin in it it tastes a lot better so yo it 
it's actually I didn't think I liked it until I like had a sip <laughs> <laughs> like 43 yeah. minutes ago <laughs> and was just like oh this is actually pretty delicious I I might have to get on the gin oh so you this is new and... for you we could have done a live tasting damn it we're we're actually recording today in the middle of the afternoon because the hockey game is also on in the middle of the afternoon so we had to record before yes go flames yeah. go I... <laughs> <laughs> one thing that we should mention is that uh, gin distilleries are now back in Ashton, especially in Calgary. We went to one. When we were doing our road trip tour, we passed a big billboard that was like, gin distillery. And we were like, we might not make it to Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> but I will tell you this because um, they did, so they, it was all about the quinine, like, like, you know, like a lot of drinks, it's all back in the day when they were like brought into uh, popularity. It was like, because it fights malaria, you know, it has right, the health it. benefits. Of. the health benefits yeah so it's the kombucha of <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is the kombucha of the 1860 <laughs> <laughs> but so tonic back then though was like uh more heavily infused with quinine than it is today right but but truthfully you would need to drink 67 liters of gin and tonic <laughs> a day in order to have one dose of quinine strong enough to prevent malaria oh my goodness yeah so <laughs> don't don't drink tonic and be like hey listen I don't, I don't need my malaria pill i don't need my malaria pill anymore i'm all dosed up on j and g and t's <laughs> So yeah, that's my that's my uh, uh, history of the gin and tonic. It turned out to be pretty fun. I didn't I didn't realize there'd be that much. Like the last couple of things we've we've researched, mm-hmm. I've been like, oh man, there's not like not really a lot. They're like, yeah, beer mosa. It's just beer <laughs> and orange juice. Yeah. So this was actually a really fun week because I got I felt like I got to learn a lot. Yeah. No, quite a few little history parts in there. Very interesting. Yeah, little tidbits. Um, I've got some interesting facts just back on uh, picnics. Ooh, let's hear them. So, like I said, picnics have likely been around for forever, but they became popular in the 18th century. Um, but they were actually indoor events. Oh. And, yeah, and it started out in France um, with kind of it kind of like a potluck almost. That was kind of the picnic-y part of it, I guess. Um, but then the revolution came. And this led to a lot of the aristocracy having to run away. And so they didn't get their heads cut off. So a lot ran off to London. And that's sort of where they brought this sort of more Western tradition over. And in 1801 in London, the Picnic Society, so P-I-C-N-I-C Society, was created as a mix of amateur theater group and potluck. So That's pretty funny. It was basically just a bunch of like rich, fat men mostly attempting <laughs> to put on Shakespeare. Top top foods for a picnic. Do you want to guess some of them? Okay, I would guess like macaroni salad. Yep. Hot dogs. Yep. Uh, burgers. Yep. Um, coleslaw. I didn't see coleslaw. Not at the top ten of whatever thing I. Pick this out. But yeah, oh, okay. coleslaw I guess would be too. Barbecue. I mean, potato salad, potato salad would be in there. Bar- barbecue chicken, fried chicken, fried yeah, chicken. Okay. Yeah. Uh, cold cut sandwiches. So sandwiches, but and uh, probably normal sandwiches. But I got really excited because I hadn't 
thought about this in forever, but pinwheel sandwiches. What is it? Do you remember those? So they're like, I don't know if it's, you just take normal bread or you just put it in a wrap and then you cut them into tiny (gasps) little circles. Do you remember this? Well, I thought you were going to say you like roll them up. Yeah, you roll them up and then when you cut them, they're little circles. And they like come out little circles. Yo, I love those. My mom, we make more tortillas. Yes. Yes. I like that. Um, Another top food, deviled eggs and watermelon. Oh, deviled eggs. Yeah. That is a good food. I love deviled eggs. Do you like deviled eggs? I do. I love them. The watermelon is the star of the picnic. Yeah. Because it's it's refreshing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The delectable. Kids with it all over their face. Oh, like a little baby child with, uh, like, watermelon all over yeah. their face? Yeah, that's Very pretty cute. fun. Very cute. They're having fun. You're having fun. Just let them get messy. Yeah. Oh, I had a lot of fun this week, buddy. I felt like yeah. we learned a lot. I know. We don't know. I always have fun, but I don't always know if we learn a lot. But this, this, this week we learned. Like I, yeah, this one was learning, living, loving. <laughs> Drinking. <laughs> Drinking. All the things we like. Um, You guys, we do this every... Every bloody week, every Thursday, <laughs> we come into your lives with these uh, information, whether you want to hear them or not. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're so glad that you listen. So please come back, tune in on Thursdays. We can get uh, uh, episodes uh, anywhere, anywhere you listen to podcasts. And the best thing you can do for us is just like, share, comment, subscribe, all of the things that you can do. If there's a little button that says do something, do it because it helps us so much. Yes. And um uh, please follow us at Life Pairings Podcast on Instagram. Uh, and, and if you have any ideas, uh, mm-hmm. send them to at Life Pairings Podcast or just Life Pairings Podcast at gmail.com. Come up with some more bad stuff for us. We have a few ideas in the tank, but we're, we're, uh, we'd like some naughty ideas. Yes. Yes. And uh, yeah, so we can have some fun and tell you how, how bad it is for you. <laughs> And uh, yeah, come back and join us next week. Thank you guys so much for listening. We love you. Love you. Thank you. Bye.